Hello, my name is Scott Bradley, and this is Scott's Golf Podcast, and as always, I'm joined by Matthew Templeton. How are we? I'm fantastic, mate. How are you? I'm not too bad, mate, and you've managed to finally get rid of this cold. Yeah, well, I'm back to full fitness, back in the starting line-up. Well, that's good, mate. I'm glad to hear. So, a lot happened uh, over the past week or so, Matt, and uh, the big talking point, uh, I think, for me was Alex McLeish finally got sacked as Scotland manager. I think we all expected it. But I felt as though the SFA totally messed him about. Why not sack him after the San Marino game, right? And they just totally messed the guy about. And yeah, it was it was expected though, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean the decision was expected. I mean, I, th- I think Alex McLeish's time in charge has been pretty dreadful. Yes, he got his that um, playoff spot, but we escaped through that. And yeah. His overall, overall, um, his tenure was was bad. The SFA, I think they took too much time in sack him, like you say, it should have been straight after the San Marino game, yeah. um, but for some reason, the SFA always, as they seem to do, just mess about. Yeah, exactly, and Alex McLeish should never have got the job in the first place. See, the people that appointed him, they should be held accountable too. Definitely, like, they, they clearly don't have a, have a, have a clue. They don't. Um, I mean, it took, what, ages and ages to finally approach Michael O'Neill, then he rejected us, then, yep. you know, like, oh, we'll just get McLeish in, and it was just, I mean, it was a shambles from start to finish. And also, you see, because you brought up Michael O'Neill there, right, the SFA, as uh, we both know, handled it terribly, right, handled it so poorly, and they actually offered Michael, we- Michael O'Neill le- less wages than what he's on at Northern Ireland, so why would he want to leave if you're going to offer him lesser wages? I mean, it makes no sense, people, he's Northern Irish, imagine Northern Ireland, why would they go to... A- Different country for less money it makes literally no sense. Exactly, mate. So overall, uh, I think it was the right decision to obviously sack Alex McLeish, and I think it's uh, it was the best decision for both parties because it's painfully obvious, right, that since Alex McLeish came back to Scotland, he's not looked well at all. It, yeah, you can he, tell he the stress pale. got to him when he was Scotland manager. Uh, I think he's just too old for it. I don't know if he's too old, but I just he can't handle the pressure anymore. Um, he's been he's been about it very professionally. Yep. But I think his health isn't looking great, and the stress was getting to him, and it was definitely the best personal decision for him. Spot on, because he looked a shell of his former self. Like, see when you look at Alex McLeish now, to from from now uh, uh, compared to like ten years ago, night and day. It's completely night yeah. and day, mate, and. He just—it looks like he just lost his passion for the game, and he, as we've basically said, he's, he doesn't look well, and he just seems like he's out of touch with modern football, because yeah, most coaches in the game have managed to like more more like see people from McLeish's era, they've been they've been able to like adapt, keep, adapt to modern football, but McLeish has not been able to, to not been able to adapt to modern football, and he just, he just seems out of touch, he just seems like a dinosaur of the game, and I hate saying that because. Have such a high respect for Alex McLeish. Uh, he's uh, achieved a lot in the game, but yeah, he's just a dinosaur now, mate. And I don't see him getting another full time job. Nah, I don't think so. I think he probably. He may not officially retire, but kind of unofficially retire. Yeah, he'll go um, away quietly. He will. I don't think any. No, no club's going to really touch him. Uh, no country's going to touch him. I don't think he'd want to go back into international management anyway. Yep. The only job I can really see from is like, I don't know, maybe like a. Submitting or something like that, you know, like in a kind uh, of not high profile job, but um, yeah, I think I think you should just leave football maybe, yeah. go back into punditry. It was a nail in the coffin, uh, the, the Kyle Stan game was a nail in the coffin, mate. As simple as it was no coming back from that game, that was just a disastrous result. It was embarrassing, probably the worst result in Scotland's history. history, yeah. 
Like we got absolutely hammered. Um, Kazakhstan looked like a world class team compared to us. Aye, we made them look like Brazil or something like that, mate. What? We made them look like Brazil. We actually did. We made them look fantastic, and that's just simply not good enough. Um, I think the players are not playing for McNeish anymore, and that was clearly evident in that game. And the San Marino game, it looked scared. I mean, it's bloody San Marino. Just go for it and yeah. get a bit of confidence back. But no, I think they they stopped playing for them. Yeah, San Marino are literally the worst country in the world. <laughs> and if you've a rankings, it's a fact. Um, I know. And we struggled against them. Uh, it was even if we went out there and beat them ten 0 there was no comeback from that Kazakhstan game. There was, and that was, yeah, like you said, that was the, the, the final nail in the coffin, and, I mean, Kazakhstan, I mean, I don't know, I, I don't know their stats, but I, I don't imagine they've got too many wins in their history as a, as a football club. I know. Um, Is that, have they not won, like, three games in the past decade? Something like that, yeah, and, I mean, it's just abysmal, and really just sums up Scotland at the moment, like, it's got no direction, just an absolute shambles, and yeah. if we're going to recover from, from this, we need to... Change it top to bottom. Because, see, the leadership, it starts from the SFA, right? And when you look at the SFA, there's no leaders there. It just, it's just a bunch of out-of-touch old, old men. men. Exactly. And McLeish, he wasn't even the first uh, choice for the Scotland job. He basically got the job because no one else wanted it. And uh, he also got the job because the guy, I think, is the, who, is the head of the SFA. Um, the name escaped from me. Yeah, pals. Yeah, it was an old pals act. That's basically how he got the job. Yeah, I think, I think his name's McCray, something McCray. And I got in contact, yeah. and that's just absolutely shocking. You should make a decision based on that, you should be make football based, and that just, that was, also, that was a terrible reason, I mean, that that's unacceptable. Yeah, exactly, mate. So, um, let's talk about who will replace him, yeah. right? Um, I put a wee tweet out, uh, I think it was the other week, yeah, I put a wee tweet out, uh, basically saying that, making the case for Robbie Nielsen, I think Robbie Nielsen oh. should uh, be looked at. Uh, he obviously I've, I've stated my reasons here um, he'd done a fantastic job at Hearts uh, the two and a half seasons that he was there um, he'd done remarkably well and that was his because uh, his previous job was at East Fife uh, I don't think he was there long and when he got appointed at Hearts everyone raised their eyebrows like why are we giving uh, like the Hearts fans like why are we giving Robbie Nielsen who's a rookie the job and when he got the job he was around about 33 years of age and first season uh, in the championship won it by an, with an uh, Absolute canter, played some great stuff. Uh, second season, uh, well, we second season in charge, but first season back in the SPFL, um, and they finished third, uh, and they played also played some good stuff. And Robbie Nielsen is a great coach, and see when he left to go down to MK Dons, he left uh, Hearts third in the league table. It's left him third, and his last game in charge was a four one victory over Rangers. So I think his two and a half season work at Hearts is worthy of the Scotland job. And let's be honest, we can do a hell of a lot worse than Robbie Nielsen. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, I think that'd be a totally wrong appointment. Looking at his season of the Championship, I mean, it's a Championship, he was up against a very poor Rangers and Hibs um, teams. Um, and but see, they, see we're going into done. it, sorry to interrupt Matt, but we're going into that season, I remember expecting Rangers to win that by absolute canter, because Rangers had obviously the biggest budget in the Championship, and Nielsen had to build a squad from scratch. And obviously Levine got the final say, right? But Nielsen, obviously, like he recommended some of the signings to Craig Levine and they both had to agree on it. But, yeah. yeah. But, I mate, mean, I don't think it would be a horrible appointment at all. I know I got some backlash uh, for it, but, he, he, honestly, my first choice would be Steve Clark, but I think Nielsen should be in contention, definitely. 
I think it's a, I think it's a fair shout. And I know at Dundee United right now, it's not exactly playing sailing right, but they're still within a uh, they're still got within a shout of getting promoted. And he walked into a mess. He inherited a mess at Dundee United. So he did. And he has he took over I think around about September time last year and he's not had a full summer to build his own team. So yeah, it, like, of course it didn't work out in K Dons, right? But that was a big that was a big challenge for him. It was a big risk going down there. And obviously it never like most even look at most managers that go down south from Scotland thing, like doesn't usually work out. Look at McInnes, perfect example. Stuart Melissa Johnson went down south, didn't work out back up uh, to Aberdeen and he's doing a remarkable job there. Um, but yes, that's my case for Robbie Nielsen. I think he should be looked at. And uh, you want a uh, Klingsman? That's your uh, number one that was, target. That's yeah. my, I think we should push the boat out and get get Klingsman in. Um, he would totally revamp the 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 squad and um, also like in house as well. He would totally like help revamp that. He would totally change the system. And obviously, he'd done very well with America, and he'd bring a fresh 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 pair of eyes to it. Um, I think when he Look at a foreigner last. It's just cliche when you go for a Scottish man. I don't buy into that whatsoever. I think we need, if we, we need like all possibilities, and I think this time we maybe should look at a foreigner who, like I said, a fresh pair of eyes. Clint's been got all the experience in the world. Um, he'll totally revamp it. He'll get the players going. It'll be a very inspired appointment. I think. Of course, he would probably demand quite a, a lot of money, but I'm sure the SFA can fund that. And if he got the job, he would do fantastic. I think. What about um, Alex Neil? Alex Neil, I think he is another good shout. Um, he's doing really well at uh, press at the moment. Yeah, he's just in a new deal. Yeah, he's in a new deal. Uh, they obviously don't want to lose him. Um, but if Alex Neil loved the Scotland job, I think he would certainly consider it. Yep. And he wouldn't be the worst appointment in the world. Um, but I agree with you. I think Steve Clark's probably the most likely, maybe most sensible, but... Like I said, I, I would try and push the boat out and go for Klinsman. Yeah, I would hope for Steve Clark, um, but obviously we're getting Steve Clark later on, so I don't think he's exactly got the best relationship right now with the SFA because he's going to get pulled up for his comments after yeah. the Aberdeen game, but we'll touch on that later on. And what about Billich? Billich, I think that's another really... Um, he's along the same lines of uh, Klinsman. Um, he's obviously managed Croatia at international level. Um, he done well in Turkey. he done decent at West Ham, I think. He was kind of harshly sacked by West Ham. Um, I think that was mostly down to the Payet situation. That kind of unsettled the, the change room. Yeah. Um, and but Billich has came out and said he would be interested in the Scotland job. Yeah. Um, that's possibly just his agent doing his job, saying yeah. he's still available. But um, no, I think Billich or Klinsman would be fantastic appointments. And if Billich, the fact he's saying that he would be interested is a, it's a very good sign. See the, thing why I, see, the thing is, right, I don't think the Billich thing will happen. Only because... Of wages. See his previous job at Saudi Arabia, he was on that was his last job, right? He was on fifty k a week. No, no, about well, not. Like, I think it was, uh, it was fifty k a week. He was on. Yeah, I mean, as Middle East, you would expect to get higher wages. I, think. I know. He was also on a lot of West Ham, so I yeah, think wages could be a hurdle, and I don't think the SFA would be willing to overcome that. If I'm being honest, because yeah, if they're going to offer Michael O'Neill lesser at... wages, um, what are they going to offer Billich? Yeah, I mean, if he's looking to rebuild his career, um, or at least pay, uh, yeah, rebuild his career, put his name back out there and say, listen, hey, I'm still here, maybe he would be willing to take a wage cut just to get his profile back up, and if he does well with Scotland, gets to a major tournament or whatever, um, he could go back down south and try again, but I think, if he says interested, I think he would be willing to take maybe a wage cut. I would like Billich to be, I would like Billich to be Scott manager, I would. 
But one two I really think we'll end up getting David Moyes. I think it'll be Moyes or Mackay. Oh. Uh, um, I think Moyes wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I mean, his last job, I think it was West Ham. He actually yep. done pretty good there. He, he got stable ship kept him up. Well. Yeah, because when he took over, everyone thought they were going to go down just because they appointed David Moyes, and they, they were not exactly in a good place. Um, but yeah, he steadied ship there. We all know what happened at Man U. That was a disastrous uh, appointment from Man United yeah. appointing Moyes. Then he, he went to Real Sociedad. Didn't work out there. Then he went to Sunderland, Sunderland. and that was... Uh, you're right, I'm not going to be too harsh on him because he inherited a mess and Sunderland were punching well above their weight for a long, long time in the EPL. And Moyes... It was just, uh, he just Yeah, it was just a matter of time, yeah, exactly. And yeah, that was just the nail in the coffin there. And But Moyes... As you say, it wouldn't be the worst because we all know what he'd done at Everton for 10 years, even though he didn't win anything at Everton. But he was right up there in the top, finishing in the top 10, finishing top 7 with a shoestring budget compared to the other uh, teams in, that were in the top 6. So, yeah, it wouldn't be the worst. But Mackay, that would, I think that would be a very deflating appointment. It would be, it would be along the, along McLeish, the same line, line. Of McLeish, I would say. Mackay's done his career. Um, I know he managed Scotland once, I think, uh, in, in some game against Obviously, he got Cardiff promoted, right? And we all know why yeah. he got sacked from Cardiff um, because yeah. of his racist uh, text messages that got leaked. Um, but I do think he has redeemed himself, and uh, I still what his, his comments were definitely shocking. Uh, but yes, he, he, he's, that that really did kind of basically kill his career. And SFA decided to give him a chance as a performance director. Uh, but for me, I don't think he should be. Uh, like the next Scotland manager at all no chance at all um, I think it would be very hard pushed to find someone who, who we think he should be yeah I absolutely agree mate so we've got the phone in back here and we've got Tony Welsh phone in he's made his Scott Score debut so welcome to Scott Score my man thanks very much mate cheers alright so obviously Tony you're a big Celtic man and it's good to have a Celtic voice on um, to give some uh, perspective uh, so I will talk about um, obviously Celtic result the weekend there mate what do you make of it obviously you just drew 0-0 with Hibs and uh, mate it was a rather flat performance from you to be honest ah uh, wasn't it the best performance at all um, to be honest I kind of expected it yeah <laughs> I wasn't expecting much of that game to tell you the truth mm-hmm. uh, we've not really played well against Hibs this season I know we beat them in the cup but yeah and we beat them at Celtic Park but at Easter Road kind of as of late just was not really good enough against them personally, I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I think Marciano played very well. I think he did have a good few chances, so I think he has to be given a lot of credit. Yeah, Marciano was unbelievable, I thought. Aye, he did. He made a few good saves, but even still, a team like Celtic, he should, shouldn't be relying on a few chances. You know, he should be putting these games to bed sooner. Yeah. Sooner rather than later, anyway. Yeah, and I think I think the general consensus with the Celtic uh, support right now, mate, is that they do not want Lennon to get the job on a permanent basis. Uh, do you share uh, those opinions? Uh, I don't know. I think it's 
to take Celtic forward personally again um, he's done it you know he's been Celtic manager before and I think it's a slight step backwards yeah I mean I, I really like Neil Lennon as a guy and I think I respect the fact that he was kind of the first kind of on call when Rodgers stepped down but uh-huh. I, I just don't think he's a man to take Celtic any further forward mm. what, see the thing is right see if he gets a treble treble right Right, he's going to win the league, right? But say he wins the Scottish Cup, gets treble treble, I think the Celtic board would have like no choice but to give him the job because he's like, I've done what you've asked of me, I've delivered the treble treble, so I think I've done enough to get the job on a permanent basis. So do you think the Celtic board might actually do that or do you think they, they, are, they are in touch with the Celtic sport where they're saying, right, we can't give him the job? Like Long term, he's not going to be the answer. Like, yeah, he's a safe pair of hands until the end of the season, but long term... It probably will just like go tits up, basically. Well, I think, especially uh, given like the recent results, like you know, there's been too many kind of sloppy draws and last minute wins. I think, I think the board, even if we do win the uh, treble, treble, I just don't think the board will actually appoint him. To be honest, mm-hmm. I think. When you go, so Matt? I, I, I think I'm going to echo Hugh Keevans here. I think the Celtic board already know what they're going to do. Um, at the end of the season, I think, they obviously won't say that now, but I think regardless of what Neil Lennon does, I think they know what they're already going to do. Mm-hmm. I agree, Matt. I think they've probably, they've been, they've definitely have, have some sort of plan on what they're going to do. Mm. Definitely. So who would you want to see uh, get the job, mate? Who would you want to see them get the job? Uh, to be honest, like, see a lot of the names I've saw linked, I know we've saw like Benitez, Martinez, Vias Boas. To be honest, like, they are big names, right? And I don't... Celtic are that type of club, right? They could literally appoint anybody as their manager. Like, they could fishtail at League 2 and have a League 2 manager or they could go and get a big name. You just never know, to be mm. honest with you. Uh, but I think... I have a feeling it's going to be Martinez, personally. I don't you know think why. so? It's just... I know he's a bookie's favourite, but I'm not convinced that he would take it because I remember um, earlier on in the season he was linked with some jobs in the EPL and he said that he's fully focused on Belgium and he's he just wants to take them to Euro 2020. So I, I don't see it being Martinez, mate. I, I honestly don't. I think he's still got his, I still think he's got his heart on going back to England because I think he's got unfinished business there because obviously the Everton job uh, didn't work out for him. He eventually got the sack, but I still think he's got unfinished business to, uh, in England. I think I definitely think he will be back in England at some point. Like, um, but I think he was a similar kind of manager to Rodgers. You know, he plays kind of attacking football. Yeah. He's kind of came from the same club actually as Rodgers as well. You know, they were both Swansea managers. So yeah, that's right. Yeah. I just think like, I don't know. I just think he, he would probably maybe try and do what Rodgers done. You know, came up to Scotland, won a couple of trophies, and then we'll go on to work in a bigger league again and that could be maybe step back in I don't know but yeah I don't know I just have a feeling I don't know why it was just Martinez was kind of just the one kind of sticking out for me mm, I yeah, think I mean, yeah on you go Matt I mean I think Martinez certainly fits the Celtic brand what they're looking for and uh, it's certainly got the Rodgers-esque about him um, but I think I personally think Martinez I think he could be tempted with the Celtic job um, if he thinks obviously Belgium he got them what, to the semi-finals last year the World Cup yeah. um, and done quite well and he's thinking maybe once he's done well with Belgium he'll leave him in good hands and he wants to get back to the day-to-day business of football um, so I think he could de- definitely be tempted with the Celtic job and like Tony said he could be a ladder into the EPL again um, um, so I don't, wouldn't 
I think EVB before I never thought it would be realistic, but I actually think EVB is actually a decent shout. So if if I recall right, he actually did come out and say he would be interested in it. He would like be willing to have a look at it and speak to the Celtic board. So I think EVB could be realistic because let's be honest, right? He wasn't exactly a big success in England, and I think no. I think he's looking at what Rogers done, and then he's like, if I go up to Scotland and achieve what Rogers done, then I could go back down south. Uh, at some point and like you can maybe just be looking at it as like a stepping stone the Celtic job to obviously go down south um, but that, what you what, what about even Billich because I know he's uh, been like my Scotland job would you take him? I'd take Billich in a heartbeat I think he's a great manager I just couldn't see it happening to be honest mm. um, as much as I wouldn't mind it to um, I would actually rather he probably went to the Scotland job alright <laughs> <laughs> Um, obviously, you know, um, obviously, uh, we're pals with Joe Gallagher. Um, he would actually want Jack Ross. Aye. I think that would be a, a decent shout. Obviously, I would rather see him in Scotland. Um, but yeah, I think Jack Ross. Uh, for like, if if I was a Celtic fan, I would I would not be against Jack Ross. So I think it would be obviously a young coach. I think it would be quite an exciting appointment. Um, because the the work he done at St Mirren was unbelievable. It was brilliant, and he's doing a decent job at Sunderland right now. Because um, going oh, down to League One, it's a tough div- it's a tough division. Uh, regardless what you can say about the standards, still it's a dog of a division to be in, and he's doing Aye. reasonable well, reasonably well right now. So I think he could be someone that Celtic board might look at. I just think Jack Ross would be too big a risk to be honest um, for Celtic, especially given the fact that they're obviously wanting to get ten in a row. I just couldn't see them taking that risk on somebody like Jack Ross, which is personally again why I don't think they would give it to Neil Lennon because that's just too much of a risk. Mm. You know. Yeah. And you go with someone with a bit more experience, um, like a Martinez or something, or AVB. Uh, Jack Ross, it would be a exciting young coach definitely, but like to totally say it would be too much of a risk. I can't see well. well. Desmond doing that. See, uh, Tony, I'll ask you this. See the Neil Lennon right on the touchline, just the way he acts times. Do you think he's just he's too much of a fan, and he's just like he's far too emotional uh, to get the job on a permanent basis? Um, I wouldn't say that, you know, because even Neil Lennon in his first spell at Celtic, he obviously that he had a lot of incidents and he did like get banned from kind of a good few games in his time. But yeah, I think I think. He knows he's football, Neil Lennon, you know, I think he's a good manager and he's, he's certainly proved that in Europe, you know, for us. Yeah, the record in Europe is brilliant, to be fair. He's, in recent years, you know, he's probably been our strongest manager in Europe, you know, he's a better record than Rodgers. Mm. I, I do think part of the problem just now with Neil Lennon, it's still Rodgers' team he's got, you know, he's not signed anyone, he's not had the chance to build and play his own way, if that makes sense, you know. Yeah. Yeah, he wants to cut out the claims in the bag, doesn't he? Aye, but at the same time, I think he's kind of a bit risky to do that because he doesn't want to kind of look sabotage maybe the way that the players have been used to playing for so long and kind of jeopardise any more kind of unneeded drops or any unneeded points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and see, I, I just something he wrote an article uh, the other day, and he was basically saying that if the board don't back Lennon. Even if they offer him the job, he'll be like, nah, bye-bye. And this is Chris Sutton, who's really good pals of Lennon. And Sutton's coming out saying that, like, if you don't back Lennon, he won't even want the job on a permanent basis. Because that was one of the reasons why he left before, is because he wanted back the money. And Lowell was like, no, nah, we're winning the league, that's all I want. But obviously Lennon was thinking, 
bigger picture, right, I want to progress in Europe, I want to keep the stands up in Europe, and I need money, and then Lola was like, right, no, you're not getting it, then Lennon was like, okay, bye. Aye, that's right, I know, I knew that was the reason they kind of did leave the first time, but I think at the same time, Lennon did kind of want to chance his arm down in England a bit, and obviously it did go down and it didn't work out too well for him, so maybe yeah. now he's kind of, he's kind of more, oh, maybe I should go back to Scotland and again try and build myself up again. Yeah, because what he done uh, at Bolton, it, I, w- I, w- I won't be too harsh on him because he walked into an absolute mess. Like Bolton, as you see right now, in administration, they're a shambles. They've been a shambles for a long time. And yeah, it was just the wrong time, wrong place for Neil Lennon when he took on the Bolton job. And then Hibs had done a good job, gotten promoted, and uh, first season back, finished fourth in the league. And then, but yes, of course, it ended horribly for him because he, he was basically <laughs> scrapping with his own team. So. Aye, um, but what we see since, as I uh, touched on it earlier, uh, Tony, um, about Lennon since he's came back, he's, he's, the performances, let's be honest, have been very subpar, and even though firm game, like, even Celtic fans are saying during the game, I mean, after it, like, Lennon should not get this job, because in that, like, seeing uh, in that game, mate, were you even convinced by that performance? Because, let's be honest, on the day, Celtic were not great. No, they weren't at all. I think they started the game well, but again, I think the biggest issue with Lennon is he just doesn't put games to bed quick enough, and uh, he allowed Rangers back into that. And yeah, you had ten men. Rangers could have easily drew or even won that game if they had. I don't know, maybe if they were just a bit more clinical. Yeah, yeah, so, and it's the two goals as well. Um, they were due to like really poor mistakes from us. Um, but I remember right after that game, me and Matt were saying like. The only positive we can take out of that defeat is like Lenning potentially could get the job next season. That's what we were saying at the time. But it's but that's the thing, if Lenning doesn't deliver the treble treble, that's a board saying no, nah, you're not getting it. But it's gonna be very intriguing to see what will obviously happen with that. Um but are you confident that you can get the treble treble? I think we can get it, you know, I think don't get me wrong, I don't think it's gonna be easy. I think we'll do it the hard way, but I think we will probably get there in the end, hopefully anyway, for well I hope anyway, but um I think it is definitely gonna be a task, put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the Scottish Cup final is gonna be de- really nervy. Yeah, oh, pressure will be on. Definitely and obviously they've bet you earlier in the season at Tinkerfield. Um, I think I think yeah, I think you'll get the treble treble as well personally, but I think like Tony said, you'll do it the hard way, and I think Hearts will have their moments in the final, and just how down to how Celtic deal with it. Mm-hmm. I think it could potentially be an extra time job if Celtic were to get the treble treble. You know, I think it's going yeah. to be tough. Put it that way. Mm. Yeah, because uh, Hearts will sit in deep and make it difficult, and um, when they do that, they're, they're quite hard to break down. Uh, definitely. I just it depends as well. I think how Celtic can perform the rest of the season and yeah. the remaining league games. You know, when they see kind of are they going to up their game or they maybe they will drop more points. I don't know, but yeah. it just I think it will all come down to how they finish the league. Yeah, because I mean, Kamarnock uh, next is going to be a difficult game because obviously Kamarnock have uh, had some success recently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So they'll be out without a few players. Potentially, so I can see he's winning that, but I think you need to really up your game in the next few weeks. Oh, we've got Aberdeen, Kilmarnock, Rangers, you know, we've got really hard games. Like, yeah. The, the remaining games are tough going. Mm-hmm. Even Easter Road, that's a pretty tough game as well last week. Um, mm-hmm. And although I would say we were the kind of slight better team, I just, again, I, Hibs just, Hibs 
is a hard team to beat, especially at Easter Road. Because mm-hmm. it's almost like Celtic are like stuttering their way towards the league title right now. I think the players just want the season done and dusted, to be honest. You can yeah. really see that in their performance. I think mm-hmm. they're kind of running on empty as well. Obviously, the last two seasons have taken a lot out of them. Going unbeaten the first season, then second season, getting another treble. Um, so I think you need to bring some fresh players in. I think the current crop of players are, like I said, running on empty. So, Aye, so Tony, whereabouts would you say Celtic really need to strengthen? I think their defence has like been the priority for Celtic to strengthen and for a number of seasons now, but they just don't really seem to do it. They always kind of put by midfielders. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I Boyata, it looks like he's going, which I don't like Boyata personally anyway. I think he's just kind of the best they have at bunch. And, mm-hmm. But I, I think... I'm glad to see Ayers playing a bit better now as well, so hopefully he can keep his place in the team, but I would definitely need another centre-back. And a right-back, obviously, because for me, I think Lustig is way past his best. Aye, he is. We've got um, a Ukrainian boy coming over in the summer, though, um, Sheved or something, I think his name is. Yeah, Martin Sheved. So we'll see how he is at right-back, but aye, he can't be any worse than Lustig or the other boy, Tolian. I don't think he's that great either, to be honest. Yeah, how do you feel about Scott Bain? Uh, would you want to look for another goalkeeper in the summer or do you think Scott Bain's doing a decent enough job to keep the number one spot? I think Scott Bain has actually done a decent enough job and at the moment anyway I'm happy with him you know he's got a pretty good clean sheet uh, record and his distribution like which is what Celtic have been lacking over the number of seasons is a, from a goalkeeping point of view I think he's got it you know I think he's definitely got parts of his game to develop but I think he could become a Pretty good keeper for us, I am quite happy with Scott Bain. Mm. Um, but before uh, we let you go, Tony, I want to ask you this, right? Um, Scotland job, um, I think you want Jack Ross, is that right? Uh, Jack Ross is definitely one I wouldn't say no to. Yeah. So I, got, so I think you obviously seen my, obviously, obviously you replied to my tweet last week when I, I mentioned uh, that I want Robbie Nielsen uh, as an ex Scotland manager, he should be looked at. Um, what do you think about that? Because I did have uh, a lot of backlash because of it. Um, but what do you think? Do you think. Uh, he should be at least looked at. I think so. I, I personally wouldn't have Robbie Nielsen. No, I think he won was at the championship with Hearts. But uh-huh. other than that, I just don't think. I don't think he's the type of manager that will take Scotland any further. To be honest with you. you know? But I think put it this way, mate. I think we can do a hell of a lot worse than Robbie Nielsen. That's for sure. Aye, that's, mm. aye, I was, I was he should be looked at. I'm, st- I'm standing by my guns. He should be looked at, but um, man of more on choice overall would be Clark. But I think Nielsen definitely should be in contention. That's for sure. But uh, Tony, it's a pleasure having you on, big man, and we'll definitely get you back on in the future. Uh, no worries, mate. Thanks very much. Uh, for no that. problem at all, my man. No, right, we'll see you soon, bro. Aye, catch you later, mate. Bye. See you later. So we'll move on and we'll talk about uh, Kilmarnock and Aberdeen, Matt. Um, yep. Aberdeen uh, won 1-0 at Rugby Park and it's safe to say mate it was a very eventful game three I red cards it. for Kilmarnock and Steve Clark coming out after the game and saying that was the worst refereeing performance he's ever seen in his career he did he said after the match we up and um, congratulated Steve McLaren the worst refereeing match he's ever seen like he said and he, he made an even more scathing attack by saying that uh, Steve McLean's dad used to play for um, Kamarnock uh, as right back over 300 appearances or something like that and said he's tried not to be biased against Kamarnock so he's pinned decisions against him which doesn't really much make much sense to me um, and he says 
also that Stephen McLean should never uh, referee a Kamarnock game again. Um, so I think Clark's comments after the game were quite were quite bang out, to say the least. Yeah, I, I like the fact that he's being honest and obviously he's very emotional. I like to see players and managers speak their mind because we need more of that in the game. But he definitely did go a bit OTT, didn't he? And I don't he think uh, that was... like. Don't get me wrong, right? But obviously we'll review the the yellow cards, red cards uh, in order right in a minute. But I thought he was being a bit harsh because... It wasn't like McLean had a shocker of a game. It wasn't really like... Didn't. There's been worse refereeing performances this season for me. That was not, like, one of the worst. It wasn't it exactly was. a perfect performance, but it was definitely not the worst, one of the worst of the season, that's for sure. And I don't rate McLean as a ref, and I can't believe him defending him here, in a sense. But it was def- I thought Clark was... Obviously, it was a, he was emotional. It was a massive game in Aberdeen. Yep. And they're go, both going for third, so yeah, I can understand the emotions, but yeah, it, it, obviously it was <laughs> it, it did get to him, that's for sure. But let's review the incidents, right? Um, Cosgrove, um, see Cosgrove's first yellow card, um, where he's jumping up for the header and he bars down to, I think it was Finlay, it might have been. I don't think that yep. should have been a yellow. That just should have been a free kick, that was it. That was that baffled me, that, was, that should never have been Cosgrove's first yellow. See, I, I personally think that should have been a yellow. I well, think but, uh, he went up to the, for the header, like, obviously, both challenges the header, that's perfectly fine, but it seemed to me he kind of left the elbow, and when it didn't really need to, um, I was debating, so I think that was definitely a yellow for me. I thought it was really soft, I thought it was really soft for me, uh, personally, like, it wasn't like, the, it was any, there was any force behind the elbow or anything, it wasn't like he elbowed him in the face, it was, there was nothing really in it for, uh, for me, I thought it was, that was harsh. Um, but not long after that, um, Cosgrove uh, made a challenge on Finlay. That should have been Cosgrove's first yellow, but he just got a warning. <laughs> yeah, he was already on a yell at that point, yeah. he just got a warning, to that me, baffled me. To me, Cosgrove should have got sent off, I think. First was a yellow, um, whether you think it was a harsh yellow or not, I think for me it was still a yellow. But he let his hat tackle with that shocking. Yeah, it was yeah, yeah. That was bad. It was bad. That should have been his first yellow, in my opinion. Um, so, and the fact McLean just gave him a warning, I'm like, right, he's already on a yellow, so you're not going to send him yeah. off because that was that was a pretty poor challenge. It was. Um, maybe McLean's thinking he said, "Oh, that first one wasn't a yellow, but this was." So he's going to make up for it. Mm-hmm. And then, um, on, yeah, on you go. No bank through through the first half anyway. Cosgrove was um, being. It wasn't. Football Cosgrove, he was throwing himself about the place, so I think he should have been sent off regardless. Yeah, it was a bomb scare waiting to happen. Even McKinnis knew that. He, that's why he subbed him off. Because yeah. he was like, if I keep this boy on, he's going to get red carded. So, uh, we're talking about the Broadfoot red card. Um, oh, before we do that, uh, in the, see the free kick um, the, uh, in the lead up to Broadfoot's red, uh, Broadfoot's, uh, red card. And remember, Finlay and Cosgrove uh, were having handbags yeah. uh, in the box and Finlay got booked. He got yeah. booked. Like the referee should have ran over and said, "Okay, boys, cut that out." But he, he just uh, uh, obviously Finlay gave him a push. You see that in the game all the time, and that, I thought that was like w- extremely harsh. You should never have booked Finlay there. It was just. I, it was just I can handbags. See why I, him. Hmm? I can see why I booked him. Um, basically, I think the game was starting to get out of hand, and um, the referee was trying to stamp his authority on it and saying, "That's an okay, like cut it, boys." Uh, I can and. 
you put like you put your hands on an opponent, you kind of it's always going to give the ref a decision to make. So I, I I kind of agree with that one. But if that's the case, like it was with Cosgrove, so why did he not like put Cosgrove? Because yes. he was already Cosgrove was running on thin ice. So I'm surprised. Yeah. Like if you're going to put Finlay, so why not just put uh, book uh, Cosgrove as well and send yeah, him so off? I- yeah, that's what I didn't get. So, well, off, if you're yeah. going to put Finlay, then book Cosgrove. But the thing is, for me, it should have just been like, a, a warning for both guys that was it. Yeah, yeah it was just that. handbags, but it was, I thought it was extremely harsh that he booked Finlay, not Cosgrove then. But if I was a ref, I'd be like, no, it's handbags, boys, right? Cut that out. But no need for bookings there. Yeah, no, I mean, I can see where you're coming from, um, but I personally would have booked them both and sent off Cosgrove and Finlay. Yeah. Um, like I said, he should be sent off during the match regardless anyway, but I can see why the ref's given Finlay a yellow card. Um, I don't know why he didn't give Cosgrove one, but um, I can see why he's given Finlay one. Yeah, but I, just for me, it was handbags, and I don't think either one should have got a, a booking there. But, but then the Broadfoot Red, um, obviously, what did you think? I, for me, I thought it was very unlucky. I thought Broadfoot was very unlucky there. I mean, I... Yeah, I know, I definitely see where you're coming from because I thought Broadfoot was unlucky. There was no intent behind it, right? And we all know Broadfoot is a dirty player, but there was no intent behind that. And Joe, Joe Lewis deserves credit for being so brave to come out and collect the ball. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just, it was unlucky. It was That's what it was. And it wasn't like Joe Lewis was manipulating it or like over-exaggerating it. Uh, you can tell he was in real pain, so it did look a sore one. And right yeah. after it, Broadfoot put his hands up and was like, I didn't mean that, didn't mean that. Um, yeah, so I think, as you said... I agree, it was a tough one, but yeah, Broadfoot, very unlucky for me. Um, do I think it was a red? I can see why he um, gave Broadfoot the red card, I can, but very unlucky. And um, we'll move, what's the next one? Obviously, Rory McKenzie's, uh, no, also Finlay. Finlay, obviously, he got the red card, he got uh, sent off too. Um, what do you think of his challenge? Do you think that was, yeah, that was understandable? I mean, it was on similar. I mean, he kind of, um, you could say, kind of, he was challenge, challenge and he reacted afterwards and kind of, you could say, you can nearly stand in the Aberdeen player, so I think that was definitely, definitely a yellow card. Yeah, but he just, like, it was a bad tackle that he made on Shinny, so I can understand, yeah, like, um, it Ron McKenzie's one. What do you think about that? I think that was extremely harsh. Yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what I wrote down in my notes here, mate. Yeah, I wrote McKenzie's red, extremely harsh. Um, and McLean was like five yards away from it, so he had a clear view of it. But it was, it was ra- rather weak, to be honest. And I know Kamana are going to appeal that. Yeah, I think they're saying the they're, um, what the the comment said. The Finlay one, they couldn't argue with that two yellows. They could have played both. They're probably two yellow cards. They're not arguing with that. Broadfoot one, I think they're arguing, but I don't think they'll get away with that. Yeah. But this one, Mackenzie, Ronnie Mackenzie, I think they'll get. Away, I think they'll. This will get overturned 
it'll get appealed and it'll, the appeal will be successful. Yeah, it was quite, it was quite similar to the, the Morelos uh, red card at uh, the start of the season. So, and that one yeah. obviously got rescinded. So, I can see this one getting rescinded because let's see if it doesn't, then where's the consistency? You know? Exactly. And that's been a major problem that me and you say, have been saying all season. That we just want consistency with this SFA and we're not getting it. It's better that this compliance, see this compliance officer does not have a clue. She's absolutely clueless. Um, I think if you're going to be in a position, you need to understand football, you need to understand all aspects of it, the emotion involved and um, what what deserves red, what doesn't, and things like that. And she clearly doesn't have a clue. Um, it's so inconsistent. And that's what uh, managers are calling out for, coaches, players, everyone involved in football are crying out for consistency and we're just simply not getting it. And the SFA, like going back to Scotland job, going back to this SFA are an absolute shambles and they sort this consistency out um, before it gets really out of hand. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, but obviously we'll talk about uh, the performance um, from Aberdeen. It wasn't like it was a stellar performance, but they worked hard and that's been the, the common thing with this Aberdeen team this season. They've worked hard, they've like dug in deep to get results uh, and there's no, it's not like there's, the Aberdeen team is like filled with quality. They're just a good unit uh, uh, that who are very well organised, very well drilled, and uh, and that's the thing. They don't play glamorous football, but they get results. They don't. They're a team of grafters. Um, but I have to. I have to admit, I think Cosgrove's finish was an excellent one to get past the player and like slot it uh, at the bottom corner. I thought it was an excellent finish. Uh, yeah. But yeah, like you said, um, they're a team of grafters. They get the job done. She needs to drive them force of that team. Um, I don't know what, how they're going to replace them next season, but. I'm sure if McInnes is still there they'll find a way um, but it wasn't like you said it wasn't the most stellar it wasn't the prettiest not much football was played um, as we've discussed just there but um, yeah. I think the right team probably won in the end yeah because uh, Aberdeen as we said worked very hard and that was a massive game for both teams going for third and that was a big big result for uh, Aberdeen massive considering um, obviously the, the disappointment of the semi-final which was a real big blow for them and they obviously they want to finish the season strong. They're not going to get second, um, as me and you predicted at the start of the season. Aberdeen will not get second this season, but they've managed to, for me, punch above their weight this season because Kilmarnock, they're a good team. They play some great stuff. And um, at the start of the season, me and you didn't have high hopes for Aberdeen, no, but they've managed to, like, manage, I think they will get third, but they've managed to do well enough this season to at least finish in uh, the European places. I think so. I think they had a very, very poor start to the season. Uh, obviously, they kicked off the season with the draw at Rangers. Um, but I think after that, they had a very poor start. And they've managed to recover from that and uh, kick on really well from there. Um, I think they will get a third and they'll use this commander game uh, on to bounce on for, um, hopefully get a positive result from their point of view on Sunday. And if they beat Rangers on Sunday, I think can hold on here. But no, I think, like you said, I think third um, is where they'll finish. Which is, may be a bit harsh on Kilmarnock, but... Um, both teams deserve to be third, but I think Aberdeen will, will put them to it. Yeah, and Kamara, they have they should be really proud of how well they've played this season. They've done fantastically well. They're, they're, I think they will get fourth. That's for sure. Um, and potentially that could be a European spot. That could be it a could European be. spot if Celtic win the treble. Treble. That's a European spot. Definitely could be, and I think, like we discussed earlier with, with Tony, I think Celtic will get the treble treble, so I think Kamarnock are looking at uh, European football for next season, and if Steve Clark's still there next season, if he doesn't go down south or he doesn't get, get the Scotland job, um, he could potentially do a decent job in Europe, um, so it'll be interesting to see. 
Mm. Yeah, so, and obviously before we move on to uh, Rangers, left that main, for the main event, um, do you, obviously Steve Clark will get pulled up for his comments after the game. Um, do, you, do you think he'll get a, a big ban? Or do you think he'll just probably get like the, the, the remainder of the season uh, in the stands? Um, I'm not sure, like, but it's four games left, so could potentially look in that's him for the season. Uh, I think his comments, like I said, were absolutely bang out. They were really, really, I don't know harsh is the right word, they were really scathing um, attacks on the referee. Um, and like, like you said, it was emotional after the game, we like to see that in the game, but I think the SFA are going to like, knuckle down on this, they, they should um, see him at the end of the season, so yeah, I think he'll get bounced for the season. Mm. But do, do you think that might sever um, Clark's aspirations or the temptation to take on a Scotland job? I don't think so. I think this in, this situation and the Scotland situation, I think they're two different things. I don't think that will influence him or the SFA in any way whatsoever. Um, and like, like you'd say, it, it is interesting to job one day, so I don't think that will change because of this. Um, so I think... There are two separate incidents. He's in the SFA. We'll still look at him as a potential candidate for the job. Can you imagine that um, if Clark was to get a big ban, if <laughs> the first game in charge of Scotland, he's in the stands? <laughs> I know. It'd be quite ironic. It'd just be a very typical SFA Scotland, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but we'll move on. We'll talk about uh, Rangers. Um, it was a fantastic performance uh, against Hearts at Pinecastle at the weekend, Matt. Um, Rangers won 3-1. Played some really good stuff, mate. Some really entertaining stuff. Uh, that's uh, three games and nine goals. Uh, it is. We've, we've played very well against Hearts. Um, that we've done the full sweep against them this season. Um, I thought we played, like you said, really good stuff. Uh, Davis has come on to a game. Kamara, like we've touched on, an absolute steal. Uh, everyone's got pass marks. Um, three wins in a row, like you said, nine goals. Um, so no, I, the only disappointing thing about the performance was conceding that goal. Um, by putting that aside I thought we played very well yeah we definitely did mate and see the, the partnership between Scotty Arfield and Defoe it's nothing short of exceptional it is uh, it's all not came out of nowhere it's always been worked on in training and things like that but it's, it's worked wonders and when Defoe came here I never thought that would happen that partnership I always expected to be him and Morales but Arfield and Defoe's came out and it looked, they looked really good together and hopefully that form continues and see Arfield he's been extremely effective since moving into his new role see this left-sided narrow role that he's got going on it's working wonders right now and I love the uh, fact he's getting forward more and and yeah, that's something that, that like this season he's not done so much because usually has been that like basically a box-to-box midfielder but I like the fact that Gerrard's actually decided to play him like more up in the final third and it's been fantastic so far So ever since he's uh, made that move has been and like um, he, he's, he's done fantastic there and I like that Jared's stretching up his system um, it shows his coaching credentials as well and it shows he knows how to mix it up and it shows we've got the players to mix it up um, so I think Arfield has absolutely thrived in that new position of his and um, hopefully I think this could be a very good system going forward and also I like touching Jack he's been getting forward a lot more as well I've noticed as yeah, he breaks forward as well and he obviously got his goal the weekend because of that um, so this new system I think it's it really working for Jack um, Kamara and Arfield and Davis as well so I think it complements all those players yeah and Davis another fantastic game Another fantastic performance, which is great to see. And I, I always did say, right, I'm not trying to toot my own, on, uh, my own horn here, that, Matt, but remember I always did say, right, I remember when Davis was, was not playing well, I was saying, give him, give him time, 
Just let him get settled and then he'll come on again and look what's happening right now. It's, it's like we're watching the, the, Stephen Dave, the Stephen Davis of old. It is. Uh, like it, it had a very poor start. Let's not be around the bush. Yeah, exactly, was, of course. Yeah, But I was always saying at the start, give him time, let him settle and he'll come on again and we're seeing the, that happen right now. It is and I thought, I personally thought he was finished uh, for Rangers I thought uh, I, I, I said he was um, the reason I wasn't, again for, wasn't getting a game for Southampton but uh, I'll gladly eat my words now um, he's been playing fantastic um, I think the international break helped him as well he got a few 90 minutes under his belt um, and he's, he's shown the player that we've been really needing the last few months and the player we wanted from Stephen Davis and we're finally getting that now yeah yeah, I could not agree more which is, is great to see and Kamara like he was fantastic too, but I'm not just saying this. Um, we were unbelievable against Hearts. Can we not just play Hearts every single week? Because <laughs> our, our record really against them is fantastic. Um, I, th- I think we've won the last eight games against them. I think we have. I think the last defeat was at the 4-1 in Tenka, so Yeah, and that was Wolverton's last game, yeah, 2017. Like, what yeah. a record against Hearts. It's, it's, it's fantastic, it's brilliant. And I just really like the, the midfield free partnership with... Uh, Ryan Jack Davis and Kamara midfield three I thought it was phenomenal uh, right, yeah it worked so so well and it was as it was great to see Katic have a great game and obviously me and you were saying before the pod that we think Katic and Golston just look it, they, they look more strong uh, stronger than the, the Warrell Golston partnership 100% um, we've been saying it all season Katic and Golston uh, is the perfect combo at the back we look so much calmer Um Waddle, I think he panics a lot, Waddle. I don't really see that in Katic. In Katic, I just think, think he's the better player. Mm. I think he's taking time to settle in Scotland. Obviously, he's moving to a completely different country. Still a young guy. Um, and even came out and said himself, he, he didn't realise how physical it was, so he's built himself up and now he looks very comfortable. And I think it'll be Katic's goal since the end of the season. Mm. And it was nice to see him get his goal as well um, at the end of it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like I said, obviously, he's goal since Katic and that'll be hopefully he, he consistently gets games next season because we can all see his quality and he's just so cool and collected and we look, we look so much better with him I know we touched on it last week in the pod and we did say that um, Defoe should start the old firm game right so we're not going to go over that again we've both agreed on it that Defoe should start and he's in form right now Defoe is just buying them in being so creative and he's just he sees movement it's, un, it's sensational his movement is sensational. You can see why this guy was playing in EPL his whole career. Because the guy is unbelievable. And we're very lucky to have him. We're going to get him on a permanent basis in the summer. And I think, I, honestly, I think he'll probably finish his uh, career at Ibrox. I think so then. Hopefully, maybe the end of it, get a wee coaching, coaching deal. Um, but yeah, no, I think he, movement, like you said, is fantastic. Um, he's not as strong as people. That's why he's always needs to get in the right positions, make the right runs. Yeah. And once you put him in front of goal, he's, he's going to finish. He's, his face was sublime against um, against Hearts, and I want to touch on Kamara as well. That that ball from Kamara was absolutely inch perfect. Oh yeah, um, and I just put it on a plate for the foam. He's not going to miss from there. Um, so I I would I think Morelos will go in the summer, and the will be our main man going forward. Um, obviously, he's, he's a he's a bit older, so I know need to look at some youngsters coming through as well trying to get them involved yeah. um, but Defoe him and Davis this is, the, this is what we're expecting when we first got them yeah exactly and see when you look at that midfield three Matt when you look at that midfield three Kamara Davis Jack Ryan Jack 
on a free. Kamara, 50k. Davis, going to get him on a free. Absolute steal. Arfield was just a free as well. Yep, exactly, yep. Absolute um, steal. Absolute steal is it like. And Gerrard uh, came out and said Kamara was an absolute steal for 50k. He can't believe we got him for that. And he's... Uh, Gerrard's talking Kamara up something awful and that's come current for a legend like Steven Gerrard regardless if that's your manager or not come, getting that compliment from him is will do your confidence wonders yep. and going forward these players hopefully will drill into a better unit um, well, than we've previously seen because like we said consistency has been a problem all season for Rangers but yep. hopefully we'll keep this consistency going to the end of the season and build on that for next season yeah, because see, after we lost that 2-1 game at Parkhead to Celtic, we were basically saying, both of us were like, right, okay, the lead's gone now, we're get, we're going to get second, may as well try and freshen things up, try new things, and that's what Gerrard's done ever since uh, the old firm defeat. Like, look at Scotty Arfield playing uh, more, he's going more forward now, and he's playing that kind of left-sided narrow role, and yeah. he's just, he's thriving in it. And as like that just shows you how good of a coach Gerard is. Like he's able to like bring the best out in certain players. Like Ryan Jack, we've said it all season. He has brought Ryan Jack from a good player to a great player. Definitely, I mean, obviously Jack Glasgow has had his injury problems, but that's all behind him now. And um, one issue he's had, not issue, I would say one thing he's not really had in his game goals. is goals. Yeah. Um, but he's been adding that in this season. He's got a few now. And uh, it was a very cool collective finish from Jack. It was a really great finish. And Jack's still young, um, so he's always room to improve. And I think one day he could possibly be captain. The one person I do feel sorry for is McCrory. Um, he, he, he's kind of been left out. Obviously, Kamara's done fantastic, but I do feel sorry for McCrory. But he'll have a spot in this team, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And obviously, we'll, uh, we'll touch on Hearts, which we spoke a lot about Rangers. Yeah. Hearts, just not the races. Hearts were really poor on the day. I think that was mainly because Rangers were too good on the day. But overall, Hearts were not impressive. Anytime they had the ball, uh, they were really poor with it. Their passing was really misplaced. They were lack of days just going the ball. Hearts had real no game. They had real. They were really. They had no game plan. They had no game plan, and they were going route one a lot. And they were just they, they were they had they were lack they were lacking ideas. That's what they were, because they were just like right. We can't break this Rangers team down. So let's just launch uh, the ball up to how do you, how I was botched the pronunciation of uh, the striker. How is that? Yeah. Yeah, they were just launching the ball up to him, and it was going nowhere. It was going absolutely was. nowhere. I know, and it's we've said it all season, right? And I sound like a broken record. It's worrying how much Hearts rely on Naismith. I know it's, it's absolutely it's, it's really not good enough I mean people say we were um, really morales but like, like we, we clearly don't just now anyway so, uh, but, but actually had a one man team and when they were on the ball they had no imagination they didn't know what to do with it um, and like you said like it is going the ball we just they took too much time in the ball dilly dallying about and we just took it back um, and uh, took control of the game again Yeah. but like I said no imagination on the ball whatsoever so what what do you think Hearts need to change this? What, what do you think they need? They need to add pace to the team. And in, in seeing the final third, that's what they're really lacking. Um, I, so I would probably say they need to get a couple of wingers in in the summer. Because yeah. you see, when you see out in the wide areas, that's where they're really, really struggling. 
And to see you've been Naismith as, as in the team, that's where our hearts lack goals. They can't get goals. And that even that uh, semi-final performance against Inverness, it wasn't like they were great. They were, they were yeah. struggling for a bit. I think it was the first half, it was nil-nil. Hearts, were, hearts fans were booing. They were not uh-huh. happy at all. They were not happy. Yeah. And if Hearts play like that in the, the final, they're going to get gubbed. They're going to get absolutely gubbed. They will. Um, so if, if you were Craig Levine, you said you're needing wide men. Would you try and get Jimmy Walker back in? Yeah, I think it's worth a point. Yeah, so I don't think it's that. I don't think it's really working out for him down south right now. Not really. No, I think he's at Peterborough or something, but I think he's struggling to get a game. So yeah, he's, he's not making headlines. That's for sure. Uh, ever since he went uh, down south, he's not really been like really. He's not made a big impact. That's for sure. Um, and there's a good chance as well. Hearts could lose John Souter to us in the summer. Um, so I think Hearts would maybe want a million for him. So if yeah. Souter goes, they need to get another centre half in. Um, but yeah, I would mainly say uh, out in the wide areas, I mean, that's well, what they, they really they've need got, to. They've got Halkett in a pre. Oh, that's right, that, yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah. Halkett. So, sort of goes in Halkett, yeah, I actually forgot all about that, yeah. Um, midfield, I would say midfield, I think, do one thing Hearts are really lacking as well, a really good ball winning midfielder. Yeah, I mean, I think Peter Haddon is potentially that. Um, I think he's a kind of all-round midfielder, he's good on the ball and he's good at winning the ball, but I think... Yeah, I think we need someone who specifically is that, um, like we've got with Jack or Kamara. Yeah, yeah, 100%, mate. Um, but I seen Craig Levine also, um, when he got asked about um, John Souter in his press conference, uh, he basically said, oh, I don't know anything about this, and he stood up and walked off. Yeah, so, but, uh, I don't think um, he'll go to Rangers um, and then walked off. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Um, John Souter, though, would you want him? Absolutely, I think... Um, He's better than Waddle, so I think he'll, he'll be an ideal replacement for him. Like I said, I'd, I'd want Carthage and Goldson next season going forward um, as our two main men, but I would definitely add Suter to our squad. I think like I say, he's better than Waddle, and he's a good young Scottish defender. He's good in the ball, good in the air, uh, he's, he's strong, um, so absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and <clears throat> so that, that'll be interesting to see what will happen with that, because obviously we know Waddle's going back down to Nottingham Forest and as you say ideal replacement would be John Sutterford uh, Worrell um, definitely and sitting in the summer uh, I think Hearts there's a lot of work that has to be done there um, I think but, so there's a lot of deadwood there um, they mix it up they bring in new ideas like on the pitch that is and Craig I think Craig Levin, uh, will know exactly he knows exactly when he improved I think he'll be smart in the window yeah that's for sure definitely um, but I don't know what what is it with Hearts right when they play us, it's any time they play us, they just crumble and we just beat them comfortably. And but when they turn up, when they play against other teams, they do turn up in a sense. I know they got beaten in Madabi, right? Um, but obviously, oh, we never touched on Hibs earlier on. We should do that before the end. But when they play against other teams, they can perform. But against Rangers, they just they don't know how to play against us. Like Craig Levine doesn't know how to play against Rangers. <laughs> like ever since he's came back to Hearts, he's not took a single point off us. I know it's a strange one, but look at this way. I think every team has their kind of bogey team. Like, ours is Aberdeen, Hearts is us. Um, Celtic, who would their bogey team be? I'd probably say Hibs. So every team has their bogey team, but I think Hearts should be doing better against Rangers in in, in these type of games. If they're they're really seriously thinking they're a top four side, they need to be doing much better. Yeah, Yeah, I agree, mate. I agree. So um, before we go on to the fixtures, is there anything else you want to bring up? Oh yes, Billy McNeil um, sadly passed away uh, yeah. last night. 
Uh, he, what a legend he was, mate. What a iconic figure he was in Scottish football. And that was some was. really devastating news. It was. There's not many bridge a gap between Rangers and Celtic, but he definitely did. Yeah, he was the first ever Brit to lift the European Cup. And yeah, um, he's part of that, that legendary uh, Lisbon Lions team. Yeah. Um, so my wish he's got to his, his family. Yeah, and yeah, it's some sad news, some sad news. And you've seen uh, the support and the, the tributes from all over Britain for Billy yeah. McNeil. It just shows you the kind of guy that he was. And he definitely was a legend of Scottish football and... We definitely lost a, a true great last night, so we did. 79 years of age, and yeah. obviously went through de- dementia, which is heartbreaking. Horrible, horrible thing. Yeah, devastating. And uh, obviously we send our wishes and condolences out to the, the McNeil family. And yeah, as I've said, we lost a, a true Scottish football legend. Definitely. So um, we'll, we'll move on to the fixtures. Um, so there's nothing else you want to bring up before we do this? Um, just a couple of things I want to bring up. What, what, what's your thoughts on Jake Casey? Oh, yes, good point, good point. Um, yeah, I was I was meant to bring that up uh, earlier on, but it just it went out of my mind. Um, it's it's an intriguing one. It's an intriguing one. Um, and I know, also I know he's a winger. Um, and he's he's ever since he came back to Motherwell for the second half of the campaign, he's done well. So yeah, if I'm willing to give him a chance, yeah. Uh, it wasn't is it like I know a lot of clubs down south were interested yeah, a lot in of getting them. Teams were looking at him. Um, I think most notably, um, I think Derby were looking at him. Um, but a lot of championship teams were looking at him. But I think he's he's chosen to come to Rangers. Um, I think he, he's probably thinking it's best to do my career up here. Uh, I think it would be an interesting one because he plays it in the right, and a lot of Rangers wingers they like to get the ball in the box, but he likes to cut in, so he'll offer. Offer something different. I, so I knew that like, a new, different dy- dynamic compared to what uh, our wingers do right now. So yeah, that would be that, that. I think it would be it's like something new, something fresh, and yeah, I'm totally on board for it. That's for sure. Um, I seen uh, our pal uh, Bagin Lyle said that he felt as though he's just using us for money, but if he does the business, then he's, he's he doesn't care. <laughs> Yeah, uh, not exactly. If he, if he does a job, who, who cares? Exactly, exactly. Um, he's probably um, looking at it. He's probably thinking big picture. Like, if I do well at Rangers and down south, I could get a, a bigger move from the the clubs that are currently looking at me. So he's probably thinking, yeah. if I do fantastic up here, I can get a move down to the EPL. Possibly, possibly. Um, I also want to touch on what do you think of Hibbs' performance? Well, yes, I, we should have touched on Hibbs earlier on, but Hibbs, I'm, I'm going to say it right now, um, I'm surprised at how well Higginbottom has adapted to Scottish football, mate. I'm, so I'm really surprised. Hibbs are playing some good stuff. They look like they have a game plan. They look stable. They, they look organised under uh, Higginbottom, so they do. And it's going to be interesting to see what he can do, considering the fact that he'll have a full summer to build his own team. So and he, and obviously, he, he's he got the he's, he's got the the Hibs players playing with a bit of swagger, uh, a bit of confidence, and the Hibs players look look like they're happy again because before Lennon got the sack, they looked miserable. The, the, the morale at Hibs was at rock bottom, and they were just it was very uninspiring. You can see if Lennon was still in charge, <laughs> there was a good chance they were not going to get that top six. But now they like look what happened. They got the top six Higginbottom, 
really rallied the troops and they've went on to they look, they look like they're going to finish the season in eight potentially well they're going to finish in top five right so that's a I think Higginbottom should be commended considering the fact that he inherited a mess and managed to managed to rally the troops and they're going to finish the season rather <coughs> strongly compared to where they, where they were uh, before Lennon got sacked yeah definitely I, I totally agree I think <laughs> I think when he came in, uh, Paul Hickenbottom, uh, I a lot of people were questioning that, thinking it was a very uninspired appointment, maybe a lazy one, um, but he's proved everyone wrong, and it'll be, like you say, it'll be interesting to see what he does in the summer, and um, the players are really playing for him now, they've got their mojo back, it's especially Camberry, um, who I rate very highly, as you know, yep. um, but yeah, but I think Hib is a fantastic turnaround, and he deserves all the credit coming his way. Yeah, exactly, and uh, I have to <coughs> be honest, I'd be surprised both is because as you were saying we were like that's not very inspiring lazy we were thinking it was lazy but yep, yeah he's doing well <clears throat> he's doing well and obviously beating hearts at Tencastle and then Madabi that was a, a big feather in his cap so it was yeah definitely if you go to Tencastle as a traditionally traditionally a hard place to go especially for the Edinburgh Derby but um, he's done he's done very well to that victory I think Hibs fans are very happy with him. Yeah, and <clears throat> obviously um, David Gray and McGregor signed new deals. Four year extensions. Yep, so that's that's, that's bold considering their age. That's bold. Yeah, they're what, thirty. At least what is it, thirty or something? McGregor's round about thirty two, I think. Um, um David Gray round about that age too. So bold is bold, but they're they're like the, the senior players in the dressing room, and I think McGregor is a decent centre half. Gray's a decent right back. And yeah, they'll finish their careers at Hibs and you need dressing room leaders. Um they're like old school pros of the game in a sense. Like they're like they're guys that the youngsters can look up to for advice and you need that in a dressing room. So yeah, I can I thought it was bold, but I can understand why they uh, both guys were given four new deals. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I I maybe two or three, but four's maybe a bit much in my opinion, but um, like you said, the reasons are good. I just think the Lions is maybe questionable. Yeah, it's not going to be like that. They'll be playing week in, week out. But McGregor, his yeah. comeback, I thought, was marvellous. Because remember, um, that's one thing I'll give, give Alan McCoy a lot of credit for. Remember when we signed him in the Championship, we were like, why are we signing Darren McGregor? He got released from the St. Mirren. He's had a lot of injury problems in the past. And he he went on to be our best player that season, got player of the year. Yeah. And that's one thing McCoy's got right. He gave McGregor a chance for that. And I think McCoy, uh, see, um, McGregor, he owes a lot to Alan McCoy because there was no way, I don't I don't think there's absolutely no way McGregor would be in the position he is in right now playing for his boyhood club, Hibs, if it wasn't for Alan McCoy. giving him a chance when no one else would. Because I remember that no one else would give McGregor a chance, but McCoy did, and it's worked out wonders for him so uh, McGregor uh, has a lot of gratitude and he needs to he owes Alan McCoy's I would probably say his career <laughs> yeah it's hard to disagree with that yeah I agree with you there mm, yeah and I, when we released him I was surprised I was surprised I, Yeah, I was surprised as well um, but it was obviously Hibs were interested he's about to join his boyhood club fortunately Hibs didn't do the same for us with Scott Allen but that's a different issue altogether but um, I, I was surprised that we brought in probably better defenders and um, played for his boyhood club, so yeah. it, was a, it was a probably the, a, the best decision for all involved. Yeah, and plus as well, is going down a different route, bringing in youth players. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I can totally understand. And 
McGregor, I think he was content staying at Rangers, but obviously Robert said, right, I'm going down a different route, Hibs want you, so, and McGregor was like, okay, but, McGregor, um, there's no ill will, uh, from me towards him, because, he was, honestly, I know he was like, he would never got the Player of the Year award, if we performed that season, but, he was, uh, he was tremendous for us that season, so he was, and, he, and one thing I will give him, he's an absolute rock of a man, he's got some physique about him, <laughs> He does, yeah, he's an absolute tank, uh, you never man, um, and I think he's improved when he's went to Hibs, and um, wish him luck in the next four years. So we'll move on to the SPFL fixtures for this weekend, and uh, Celtic playing Kilmarnock, um, obviously we've touched on it with Tony earlier on, form hasn't been good under Lennon in the league, three 0 nil draws, I know he's not lost a game yet, but... They've not been convincing, and Kamarak. They, I, uh, I know they'll be missing a couple of players, um. But it's, I think I still think they. It, that one thing they're good at is being very well organised and parking the bus and playing for a point. So, and Celtic, they've not been all that convincing in the final four recently. I'm gonna say it will be nil nil. Yeah, I can certainly see that, but I can just see Celtic scraping through this and, and getting getting a getting a one nil victory. Hmm. Because I think they only need four points to wrap up the title. Yeah, I think it's four points, uh, four games left. So yeah, I think four points, yeah. Um, so I can see them scraping through this and, and getting like, a 1-0 win. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hamilton, Levy? Hamilton, Levy. I think Levy will be looking to bounce back after that St Mirren defeat. Yep. Which was a very good win for St Mirren. Mm-hmm. Uh, fighting for the lives. Yep. Um, Hamilton, you know, with their likes, they're, they're kind of fighting for the lives. Well, not fighting for the lives, but they're fighting to avoid that, that playoff spot um, but I think Livingston will be looking to bounce back so I'm going to go for a 1-0 Livy win um, I'm going to say 2-1 Livy um, Motherwell Dundee Motherwell Dundee uh, Dundee, Dundee for lost lives. the last 8 games in the bounce wow uh, so yeah I think they're absolutely doomed I can't see them getting a win from anywhere at the moment so I'm going to go for 2-0 Motherwell I'm going to go for a, a one each. I'm going to go for a one each. Um, St Mirren, St Johnston. St Mirren, St Johnston. I think that'll be a tough test for St Mirren, but uh, under on Kieran at the moment, they seem to be responding to him. He's finally got his message across. They're, um, they're, they're starting to fight back from that dreadful start. Um, but Motherwell, will, will, St Johnston, sorry, will be a, a tough test, but a fun, I think a one each draw. Um, I'm going to say one now, St Johnston. I'm going to say one Nelson Johnson, and we've got the Edinburgh Derby this weekend, the last one of the season, at uh, Easter Road. Um, it's Sunday, twelve fifteen kickoff. You know, obviously we touched on Hibs form earlier on under Higginbottom, um, and obviously Hibs won the last Edinburgh Derby at Tyne Castle, um, and Hearts they they'll be looking to bounce back because what they I think Hearts will be wanting to go into that cup final. Of course, I think they have to be going into that cup final in good form. They certainly have to be so. Be want, I think Levine will be want a response, that's for sure. But Levine said after the Rangers game that the morale is still high because they've got the cup final to look forward to, they've got the Edinburgh Derby to look forward to. But if they go in, if they go into that cup final, uh, losing their last four games, it's not. Uh, I don't. I, the, I, I, I know it's a cup final in that one-off games, but I don't think the confidence will be will be exactly sky high, will it? Definitely not. Um, and going to a cup final, you you want to be in the best morale, the best kind of place you can be. Yep. Um, but 
there's going to be a winner, I think it'll be Hibs, but I can see this being like a two-each draw. I'm going to say it'll be... No, I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's going to be a one-nil Hibs win. Yeah, I think they're going, they're going to do the double. They're going to do back-to-back. Wins and the Derby. Yeah. Yep. And uh, Rangers v Aberdeen this Sunday. Uh, oh, we're both going to that, so we are. Well, Scott Scott will be in attendance, certainly. Um, I think we've really struggled against Aberdeen this season, but I think we're in very good form at the moment. And it's the last game against Aberdeen this season, so yep. I'm expecting a big performance, so I'm going to go for 2 0 Rangers. Because remember the last time me and you went to a game together, it was Aberdeen, we got beat 2 0. <laughs> So that if we get beat back, we're never going to a Rangers Aberdeen game again. Alright, like together. <laughs> I know, um, but no, I, I think I think well, last like I said, the last Aberdeen game of the season, we need to get a big performance because it is a big fixture anyway. So I, I think two 0 Yeah, I think we need to finish this season strong, and I think we will actually continue our good run of form, considering the fact Gerard's made some tweaks to the team and the system. Yeah. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how Scott Arfield will do And he's obviously his new role against Aberdeen I think he, him and Defoe will cause the Aberdeen defence a lot of problems So I'm going to say it will be a 3-0 Rangers win uh, That would be even better, but I, I think it'll be 2-0 Right, so Matt, so, um, I know I said this earlier on Have you missed anything uh, that we've not brought up? I don't think so, I think we've pretty much covered everything um, Yeah, no, I think we've covered everything so I'm Matt, it was a pleasure as always and uh, until next time guys, take care and we'll see you soon.